In the grim darkness of the second millennia, there is only a shitty podcast hosted by three dorks. A podcast about the grim darkness of the 41st millennia and how incredibly stupid it is. This is Grim Dorks. Hello everyone, welcome to Grim Dorks Discussion Podcast and the Lord and Story of the Warhammer 40,000 Universe. I am... Uh, Carnifex John, and with me as always are my two favorite... Accurate. Hi, I am... Uh, hmm, let's go... Zoanthrope Fuzzy. Um... I'm Gene Stealer Braden. You did it. Yay. Yay. I did it. I can name a nid. <laughs> so today is uh, some history highlights of the Tyranids. Excellent. Fun shit. And I think Fuzzy and I were talking before the show. Uh, basically, there are there is one dude who's like the through line of the Tyranid story. Mm-hmm. That is Inquisitor Crippman, who in his art has the most psychedelic shades. Excellent. He will be posted on the Twitter, and he will be made fun of. I invite all of you <laughs> for a public roasting session of Inquis- Inquisitor Cryptman and his <laughs> stupid fucking look. He's got a bad look. I think you mean True. the best look. Yeah, well. I can't tell if that's a hat or like if his head is shaved and he's just wearing a headband with a book tucked in. Either way, both of yes. those options I hate. <laughs> it's definitely his head shaved and he's got a book just strapped to his forehead. What the actual fuck? <laughs> it's so that the enemies can read in their dying death throes. I okay, really like I Someone remind me to fucking post the images beforehand, or at least this one, just so everyone in the audience can right now go to Twitter, go to our fucking account, and look at this. At GrimDorksPod, and look at this, and keep that look in mind the next hour, (laughs) because that's the look. That's the dude! Stare into his circular glasses. Stare at his fucking head book! It's like a little pocket-sized book, but it's strapped to his fucking nog! I'm sorry, the the (laughs) noggin book frustrates me greatly. (laughs) The noggin book. (laughs) So, uh... One of the main things that happens with Crippman early on is he is the he's an Inquisitor. If, in case we hadn't said that before. Well, Possibly Trey's in the infinite. <laughs> always. Just real quick to remind you of how we mentioned him last episode. He was briefly mentioned at the start when I began explaining how Tyranids got their name on Tyran. Tyran Primus is the technical title of the planet. When Crippman realized... Crippman was the Inquisitor that realized there's fucky shit over there and began booking it there, but he didn't make it before Tyran Prime was invaded by the Tyranids. We then tabled him, realizing we're probably gonna talk about him more. The bastard. And he holds his gun, so- stupid. <laughs> so, Crippman is one of the first people to realize, oh, you can't send astropathic messages al- along when he tried to contact a, a system called the Thandro system. Like, oh, mm. sh- oh, oh, dear. 
Uh, oh dear. And then he uh, he contacted Big Papa, well, Little Papa Smurf, Marnaeus Calgar. Excellent. Which led us to the Battle of McCrag. Well, real quick, McCrag. Since we have the time, I would also like to. I'd like to tip my fedora. I know. I'd like, I'd no, like to get don't. deeper. <laughs> Fucking god. <laughs> I'd like to get deeper in exactly what happened after Terran got et. Okay. Uh, just to provide that little bit of through line here. Uh, so Terran gets et by the Tyranids. Tyranids fuck fuck off, and mm. it's not for almost a year due to warp fuckery, among other things, that Kripman actually gets to Tyrion and finds the codex that was left by the guys who gave their life. I remind you, that battle went down with the tech priest Dominus literally fucking watching Tyranids get closer and closer to the room and waiting to hit the fucking package it, save it, seal it 50 fucking miles underground button to keep yes. the codex safe. He okay, so... Kripman finds that a fucking year later on Tyran, which is now a dead ruin with nothing but fucking metal and bacterialist water left. Dead. It was then that Kripman ordered an astropath to call uh, the Thandros, but... well... Kind of had a problem there, because there was a big old fucking Mess. hive mind in there. Uh, I don't know if any of those words will actually come through on the audio recording. <laughs> Probably. Either way. So that brings us to uh, all of the sudden. Uh, well, let me let me pitch this to you, right? Let me let me let me see how this feels. <clears throat> I think Tyranid is a mistranslation of okay. Tyrion Nomd. I hate you. Just let that let that sink in. Today today I thought about putting some spiking my tea a bit as I drank it on this podcast, you know. I look I looked at some Jack Daniel's honey uh, whiskey. Pretty good in tea. It, it adds some nice flavor with just, just a little bit of burn and kick. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I don't need this today. This is me regretting that choice. Well, I we did talk about uh, the spinoff show Drunk Dorks, where we just get drunk and, and talk. I sh- I that would be fun. It would be fun, yes. Uh, <laughs> eventually. That'll be April Fools or some shit. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other podcast. It would be because uh, I have I have time to edit multiple. I've already stumbled <laughs> into the Discord multiple times drunk, so which ah, well. is recorded. The same TBH. Okay, so what do you think Taco Bell Tuesday is for me? <laughs> I need to stop going to Taco Bell. I didn't know Taco Bell sold alcohol. My oh, God, what a nobody this is knows true. what's in those Baja Blasts. That's the brightest timeline. Uh, <laughs> that would be, though, to be honest. In a, t- in a timeline that evolves into the noble bright 40k timeline, 
it all came down to Taco Bell spiking Baja blasts. I'm gonna <laughs> petition. Was... I'm gonna petition for the next Tyranid unit to be named the Baja Blast. Uh, that's that's actually uh, maybe my the next Tau Tau unit to be named the Baja Blast. Uh, do you guys that's why I yell when I climax? What? Baja Blast. That's your special move. That's my that's my finishing move. Christ. <laughs> this has been the last episode of Grimdorks. Thank you for this watching. This is the first this is the first episode of our sex and lifestyle podcast. God no. <laughs> Dick Dorks. Grim Dicks. Grim Dicks. It could yeah, have been Grim Dicks. Grim Dicks. <laughs> Either Grim Dicks or. is so much better. It is Fuck so much you. better. Uh Anyway. <laughs> Speaking so the of, of proboscis and places no one wants it. Uh, Some people want it. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, God, that <laughs> threw that. McCrag. Quick sidebar here. McCrag's McCrag. kind of a fucking important planet in Warhammer 40k. You might be wondering, why? That's because it's the fucking homeworld of the Ultramarines. This yes. is where their fortress monastery is. This is where they fucking live. It's really chillax. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should also be noted that, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, but despite the fact uh, our boy... Uh, Robot Gigatan survived the Horus Heresy. Later on, he got taken out in fuck. What was it? Was it a Wa? Or was it a Chaos nah, thing? It, uh, fucking Fulgrim got him. Fulgrim got him. Uh, he went, he went mono down mono with nap. Fulgrim and got stabbed by a, a super poison sword or a super yeah. sex sword or whatever, <laughs> and was on the verge sword. of dying. So they put him in stasis. Uh, mm. Cough repeated fucking thing where they were just hoping he'd come back from stasis. Cough, I wonder who that reminds you of. Cough, the Emperor! Um, parallels. I just wanted to note that real quick of why we won't talk about what the fuck Robert Gurleyman's doing at this time. He's on a chair. Uh, like every other good fucking He's taking hero. a nap. Yeah, he's taking a nap. Uh, Fulgrim, Fulgrim thing's a lie. He just went for a nap, and the Ultramarines had to cover it up. Yeah. He's seriously. tired. He was really tired. I would be too, frankly, if I <laughs> exactly. were. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, point being, so, uh, McCrag's the homeworld, also where, uh, girly man is entombed in his sarcophagus, uh, not sarcophagus, uh, stasis chair. Chilling Literally out in, a his, chair. In, his, in his lazy boy. In his lazy boy? <laughs> it's just leather. <laughs> Leans back real far. Yeah. Uh... So, in the realm of Ultramar, uh, where McCrag is, no shit, uh, Crippman shows up, and is like, yo, shit's about to get bad. Uh, <laughs> it's about to go down. So, uh, the Ultramarines decide something interesting. They decide, we're gonna fucking stand here. We're gonna nut the fuck up and fight right here uh first they met them and didn't realize what they were dealing with they met them at a uh planet called prandium got their shit handed to them 
like, fucking just packed the fucking. So, okay. There, there's a reason. A very specific reason. And it is the greatest weakness of Space Marines. And this is very fucking important because... Doorways. F- no. Well, yes, but no. The... The problem is... Shit, we, tyrannid- do we need to jump back real quick and explain the Codex? Uh, uh, broad strokes, okay, broad we strokes. Should, okay. We should just have a, uh, an episode on the books of Warhammer. The- like, just the physical in-universe books, like the... Like the okay, Astartes. So- okay, let me... Can, can I, I... I'll do it in 30 seconds. Okay. Explain the Codex. I'm telling you. So after the Horus Heresy fucked everything up, uh, the remaining Loyalist Primarchs, who were still alive, cough, uh, kind of had a big debate here on what to do now that it was clearly shown maybe they shouldn't be trusted with that much power as a whole. Girly Man and two of the other ones, I forget which two, were like, we need to separate the legions into companies or chapters and uh, write specific tactics on how to deal with things so that everything is very regimented and ordered. Uh, Was that 30 seconds? Yeah, Yeah, it was 30 seconds. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Uh, Long story short, uh, there was a disagreement, but at the end of the day, the book won out, and that book was called the Codex Astartes. The Codex Astartes was what required people to divvy up the space marines into discrete chapters and also told them specifically exactly what to do in any tactical circumstance uh the, we're gonna get into an example of the codex failing in a bit but there are two big things about the codex one it was written like right after the horus heresy by robot girly man nice two and robot is a student of war that is shown in like the books of he he learned something from every race and culture he's ever fought, so him writing the book isn't that bad. The problem is when it was written and why it was written. It was the why <clears throat> sorry. The why is not to make the the Marine the Space Marines the best fighting force possible, but to ensure they all fight the same way to cut down on deviancy. You don't follow the Codex to be a great warrior. You follow it to be a warrior that follows in line. Yeah, it's just sense. like the Don't Fuck Up book. Basically. Right. Like, here's it, here's what happened. Like, here's where you can't fuck up. It right. should be noted that uh, the three major Primarchs that argued against the Codex are your boys, Rogel Dorn, Jagahatai Khan, and Vulcan. The, the reasonable marines. The reasonable fuckers. <laughs> you know, the one that snorts cocaine and likes to go fast on a motorcycle. That's Doom. That's Doom Rider. <laughs> I would give... I would also say Jagahatai Khan. You're half right. He doesn't do he, cocaine. He does glorious battle. Speed. <laughs> he, he does speed. <laughs> he goes faster. Anyway, anyway. Uh, all this to say, the... It's the same. We're going to talk about it next, or in like a couple weeks when we talk about Tau. Uh, Robot never fought Tyranids. So he didn't have like a chapter on fighting Tyranids. Mm-hmm. So when this happened, imagine just uh, the chapter master frequently going through a book going, It's not in here! It's not in here! Yeah. 
that's what I can only imagine. Basically <laughs> what, does, what does that. the book say, Chapter Master? Uh, 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 and, and this kind of like goes back to a, a theme in Greater 40k as a whole, where innovation is heresy, right? Yeah. And we see innovation the most in what could be considered heretical species, you know. Uh, Tyranids and Tau specifically innovate a lot, and Eldar and humans don't. Because if you think about it, Eldars and humans have been the most corrupted by their own progress. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of an, an interesting spin on on that whole that whole dealio but back to uh the battle of mccrag as a whole they got their shit kicked in at this planet oh no at, at, at <laughs> prima prima whatever prima donna um prima so donna. then then they decide we're gonna make a stand uh oh the garden world of prandium the jewel of ultramar with gardens and forests and fucking fairies and shit jumping through hoops except the fairies were immediately shot on sight because they are a deviancy from the fucking standard genome heresy anyway let it be known that there that in this war there is something known as battlefleet baka excuse me from the forge world baka Excuse which me. is in the the subsector Baca. Baca, Excellent. Which is in sector Baca. Baca. It it's it's not like I want to defend you or anything. You're anything but Baca. Baca. <laughs> God, just uh, that whole, the whole sector is just filled with anime girls. Uh, <laughs> it's the Sundere sector. The warp is overtaking me! Kawaii. Nesu! Oh, the true greatest loves of 4chan anime and Warhammer have finally become one in canon. Oh, God, the warp overtook me. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Is this what happens when you start turning into a daemon prince? <laughs> yeah, everyone talks in kawaii speech. Ooh, ooh. Anyway. Ooh. What's uh, this? What's so, this proboscis? Uh, the newly appointed chapter master of uh, the Ultramarines is the guy who decides this, and I'm mentioning him because I want to give a shout-out to Marnius Calgar, who I think is actually a pretty cool dude. He's the chapter master of the Ultramarines up to the present day, but uh, also one of the few motherfuckers I've ever seen go, one... I'm gonna wear Terminator armor all the time. Two, I'm always gonna have two power fists. Nice. Three, fuck you. Four, double fuck you. That's Moranius uh, Calgar in a nutshell. Because not uh, only he is. is he a good general, he is also more than willing to cast fist. If I remember right, fist. those power fists have bolters built into them, which is just cool. Yeah. Excellent. Also, his personal heraldry is literally two flaming fists. <laughs> uh, bless him. The man just wants to punch shit so hard. Uh, Understandable. So, he orders uh, the Ultramarines to get back to McCrag, and we're gonna defend shit here. McCrag. Uh, oh boy, it goes not great. So, um... 
Prandium gets it, and, uh, Calgar meditates for a fucking week without food or water to figure out what to do next. Uh, and when he comes out, he goes, Uh, I realized where we fucked up. We followed the codex too hard. I'm an idiot. Let's fix this. <laughs> And, the book in the trash. Yeah, from far away, the Emperor shed a single tear that someone in the Ultramarines chapter said something reasonable. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so, I, I wanna, wanna share something here uh, that I just remembered. Doesn't get talked about a lot, but uh, did you know that the Mechanicus has sanctioned moments of innovation? Nice. I did not know that. I didn't. Fuzzy, did uh, basically, uh, oh shit, we're losing. Quick. Let's build this incredible war machine that will win this war and then immediately blow it up. Interesting. There, it's like a one-use MacGuffin, and it's stupid. That Yeah, that does just sound awful. It is just MacGuffin. It is just multiple MacGuffins that keep disappearing. This is, we do liter the <laughs> this is literally why we have heretics. That is when we Hera T-E-K. Yeah. Wink. When, we, when Wink. we do the Mechanicus episode, I will find that list again and we'll read them, but for now we're still in Tyranids. Yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it, but we are. <laughs> anyway, um, so they stick on McCrag. They're ready. They build up their fleet on the outside. They fucking hook up every upward-facing gun they got. And the Tyranids show up. Tens of millions of mycetic spores rain from the sky, and millions of them are blown out of it by all those upward-facing guns. Yet still, millions more still land on the planet. There are, during this battle, uh, three main fronts. One in the capital city, and one each on each pole. The poles right. of McCrag have grand uh, fortress uh, points that also control a vast majority of planetary defenses. Should the poles fall, McCrag is fuckled. Because, I mean, if you think about it, when you're arranging planetary defenses, you're going to put them on the poles. Yeah. And just cover the whole each fucking hemisphere. thing. Yeah. Um, so, it's during this battle that, first of all, Tyranid bodies get stacked, get killed and stacked fucking ten feet deep. Nice. To the point where people aren't walking on the frozen soil of the poles anymore, they're walking on, uh... The nids. Body. They're just pure Tyranid yeah. bodies. Uh, I also love that weapons would overheat in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, that just says a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, just keep keep shooting. Just keep shooting. Uh, it's also during this battle that the entire first company, which I remind you, first companies of chapters are all of the badasses who lived a long while. The entire first company of the Ultramarines is wiped out to the last man. Fuck. Damn. But, 
the first company sacrifice is what gives uh, a lot of the other Ultramarines time to get their shit together and for Crippman to show up and figure out a major weakness in the Tyranid fleet. Mostly, he realized they operate on Synapse, and that they just needed to take out the Synapse, main Synapse ship. Mm. Which, uh, the way they go about this is insane, where it's like, okay, let's think, let's think. If it's from bigger, progressively bigger creatures, hmm, what if we just blow up their hive fleet? Well, so there were actually two ideas, as I learned from just looking at, uh... Kalgar's little page. Step one, basically they just shot Kalgar and some other guys so hard into one of those ships that they just started punch-murdering their way through um, in order to win, and when that wasn't working, those guys extricated, and then they literally took the biggest ship they had made its warp core overload right next door to the Synapse ship and dragged it and like a tenth of the Tyranid fleet just into oblivion. Where all their faces looked really bad and their talking animations were mediocre at best. I fucking hate you. Uh, so, uh, this is, the rest of High Fleet Behemoth is subsequently wiped out by a mixture of the Whoa. remaining Ultramarines and Cryptmen personally hunting the fucks down. Hit me with that dank dank, uh, the most notable member of High Fleet Behemoth. Well, there were two, actually, but the main one that I know you're asking for, and I'll give them to you. You know I'm horny for that proboscis. Oh my god. Is a creature... Oh. Is a Carnifex. Uh. This particular Carnifex... Carnifex, as I remind you, are kind of the hydralisks of uh, the Tyranid Force. Uh, yeah. Except instead of snake bodies, they have legs, and they're usually equipped with four arms. Usually nice. two big fucking scythes, like necromorphs, and then nice. their other arms usually operate with some other weapons. This particular one has two giant crab-like claws that are really good at can-opening basically anything. <laughs> nice. This particular Carnifex uh, also happens to be fucking unkillable basically. No, Every why? time you start hitting it, it just starts healing almost immediately. And at the time, this was a unique trait to this particular Carnifex. Until one brave motherfucker, uh, no one knows who he is, but he managed to fire a plasma shot directly into its right eye, burning it down to skull and right out of his fucking head. These plasma burns never healed on this creature, and to this day, almost 300 years later, he is known as Old One-Eye. Nice. Old One-Eye, after, during this battle, was a fucking murder machine who carved his way through the battlefield, until eventually he got shot in the fucking face and eventually dragged down to the bottom of a pit. 
Uh, he kind of vanished there for a while, and it wasn't until a long while later that some salvagers found the corpse frozen in ice. And like, we can probably fucking sell this shit, sweet. So they start defrosting it. Guess who wakes up? He does. He murders them, and then proceeds to lead a variety of raids just throughout McCrag for a long time, until eventually he is cast down another separate ravine, and then vanishes from McCrag forever. However, he keeps showing up throughout Ultramar space and generally causing trouble. Because he is the Carnifex protagonist, and a motherfucker you should not take lightly. Do not fuck with old One-Eye and his giant crab claws. He will rip you into pieces and then eat you. Crab. The other one who also does show up at this point is the Hive Tyrant in charge himself, the Herald of the Great Devourer, and basically the Silver Surfer of the Tyranids, the Swarm Lord, who we mentioned last time, but I just wanted to mention him again, because mm. he is at a variety of these major battles. But also, as mentioned before, he pops up repeatedly because he is constantly part of the Tyranid Hive Mind. The reason I use the Silver Surfer idea is because even if this form is killed, he will show up elsewhere, and he will be pissed about it. It's that Doctor Doom shit. It's also that Doctor Doom shit. <laughs> it's the Swarm Load actually trays in the infinite. Tap side of head. Whoa. Whoa. Shit. Uh, everyone is trays in the infinite. Uh... How do we know that he isn't everyone? The entirety of Warhammer 40k is actually just Trays in the Infinite on the <laughs> longest con. He's just putting on the best stage play we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't fuck with the Swarm Lord. He is still he's a motherfucker. He's got four who, swords! He's got four swords and spits fucking smoke out of his smokestacks and hates. And hot Four rhymes. swords and seven years ago. Four yep. swords fucking Christ. Four swords and seven <laughs> millennia ago. Guys, this is a punchy episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the best episode. Anyway. So, High Fleet uh, Behemoth gets a shit packed in. Uh, they accidentally leave Old One-Eye around. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, y'all see One-Eye? Oh, damn. We forgot uh, him. Uh, a segment of that... Um, High Fleet, because fun fact, that High Fleet was actually in two parts. The other part that didn't get murdered on McCrag uh, fucks off at this point, and okay. turns into a High Fleet that I'm not sure if we'll talk about next. Uh, actually, yeah, no, I think chronologically this is where he fits in. Yep, it does. Mm -hmm. uh, High Fleet Gorgon. Ah, Gorgon. Gorgon shows up and begins fucking up different sector of the universe, or galaxy, one inhabited by our favorite weebs, the blue vagina the foreheads themselves, the Tau. Hey, they yes. got key so, faces. I'm gonna let you so take Gorgon, this one, John. Gorgon goes up against the Tau, and the Tau are like, because the Tau are so adaptive, they don't really have a huge problem fighting the Tyranids at first, but this strain of 
<clears throat> Gorgon in particular is or was very, very adept at adapting. Fun turn of phrase. Say it five times at home. Uh, so Tau would come up with a tactic. Tyranids would come up with a counter tactic. Uh, okay, so Tyranids have or Tau. There's a lot of T's and it's very frustrating. Say Nid. Okay. Just say Nid. Okay. So Tau have a lot of plasma weaponry. Nids like shift their carapace construction to block plasma weaponry. Tau start using more croup. Nids do other shit. To Nids beat get croup. better at eating. Yeah, back and forth and back and forth. Tau eventually resort to using older weapons. So the Nids have to change themselves to make them more susceptible to the newer weapons. It's very weird. They eventually have to get Eldar to come and help. Damn. Shit's walk. It does eventually hit the point where the supreme commander of the Tau realizes that the only way to fucking beat them is to literally be changing all the time. And yeah. so they fucking do, actually, and manage to pull it out. Uh, their, their ultimate victory comes from developing a poison. That's... That's actually the main way most people beat Tyranids, as we'll talk about with the uh, things Leviathan attacking Tarsus Ultra, which will be next. Yeah, I mean. So, what does this poison do? Uh, if it's if it's like the other one, it makes them uh, it makes them evolve so fast it's unsustainable. They basically Deadpool cancer them, um, but without the healing factor. Yeah. And because and the thing is evolution takes more biomass with every generation. Yeah. So they just eat so, themselves alive. Basically. Shit's wild. Wild. It should also be noted that Gorgon is such a pain in the ass. Tau end up getting help from almost every other faction and pretty much every other faction lends them it because they also want to fuck the tyranids out of existence like yeah, yeah sure yeah. we don't like you but we'd rather not become fucking imperial guard stew for something that has scythes for arms fuck that yeah yeah to the point yeah. where even at one point fucking some Imperial Guard forces pop out at a plant at a Tau-controlled planet that they were going there 150 years earlier, but due to warp time fuckery, um, they only got there then when they should have got there, you know, 150 years ago. Um, they were on the Damocles Gulf Crusade, which is a way old fucking fight that was long since over. But they accidentally end up at this planet called Kelshan and was like, uh, hey, uh. Those are terrifying. What? I don't know what, what you are. What year is it? Uh, do you need help? And they were like, yes, yes, please. We Let's team up <laughs> a little help. bit here. Let's uh, fuck those things. And yeah, they joined up and purged the shit out of the Nids. Uh, uh, let's see. So I think the next fleet is Kraken. Yep. And I think this is when Kryptman implements the Cordon. Yes, first it's uh, Tarsus, and then it's Cordon. Uh, Tarsus is during is during Kraken. Yes. Yeah. 
So Kraken, if you'll remember, was the multiple small fleets. And Tarsus Ultra became one of the main battles of Kraken. And it also involves Cryptmen and Ultramarines, because they're Tyrannid veterans, and Cryptmen. As much shit as we give Cryptmen, because he's an asshole, as we will see soon, he does have the greatest survival instinct in all of 40k. <laughs> paranoia. Yeah. That'll keep you alive. Because... Because as soon as the Tyranids were defeated at McCrag, he was constantly on the lookout for them. Mm. So they show up at Tarsus Ultra, and Crippen decides, hey, we're going to make a stand here, because why the fuck not? Yeah. Meh. Uh, it's, it's time. Mm. It should also be noted that the Tyranids go about this in an interesting way, because the two tendrils of Kraken that show up uh, pinch onto Tarsus Ultra, not from, like, above and below the system, from above and below the galaxy. Oh. They took oh, wait. the long way around. Oh. I think... Oh, yeah, I think Doom is also in Kraken. Yeah. Doom happens after Kraken by a little bit. Because it's yeah. just, like, a little chunk. Doom the groundbreaking game series? Yes. Yes. Excellent. I uh, always knew uh, <laughs> I always knew um Doom guy would be in forty K somewhere. Yep. Always. He's actually Oleanus Pius. Oh nice. That makes sense. <laughs> Kinda. Uh uh so this happens, this all goes down at Tarzus Ultra and Fun fact, your boys the Death Corps are here. Nice. Yep. And Cryptman has a has his biologist, I think they're called. His bio uh, mechanicus dude. Majos Biologus Vianco Locard. Jesus. An expert on the uh, Tyranids. And also, it should be noted, uh, our friend Cripman here is really in deep with the Death Watch because he is an Ordo Xenos Inquisitor. So, naturally, he has a loyal contingent of Death Watch guys. Uh, in this case, led by a guy named Captain Bannon. Nice. No relation, hopefully, to Steve. He's his, uh, great, 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 great 40 millennium Grandson. ancestor. Yeah. I really hope the racism fell out by then. Anyway. More than likely. Uh, <laughs> mostly just took a different form. Now it's extra racism, but not against, you know, humans. People. <laughs> Let's not get into humans versus people. <laughs> uh, that is true. The the major biologist develops a poison similar to the one the Tau used, mm -hmm. and during a a last ditch effort kill team mission, where the Ultramarines captain makes himself a Death Watch member, uh, <laughs> he just makes himself. I'm Death Watch now. Sorry. He, w he was Death Watch before, and then he comes back and just, like, has painted all his armor black except his pauldron. <laughs> the greatest uh, story ever. I'm Death Watch again. Hi, how's it going? This I, is also the same Ultramarine... Wait, isn't it? Shut up. <laughs> this is the same Ultramarine captain that crowd-surfed on a rhino and got called a heretic for it and had to go on a crusade. 
to prove himself not a heretic. <laughs> nice. By crowd surfing on a rhino again. It should also be... <laughs> something also we haven't mentioned that I want to. The way you get this poison into the nids. You oh, shoot okay, I got this. Because we haven't talked about what the fuck a Norn Queen is yet. So, what? what what the kill team had to do was get into the hive ship. Not onto it, but into it. Okay. Find the hatchery with the Norn Queen. Okay. And just inject that shit into the Norn Queen. Sounds the Norn Queen now, has no picture, for the record, because the only fuckers to have actually seen one are, well, Crippman and Crow, and they didn't exactly bring along their fucking smartphones. Um, and also, I don't think that Crippman himself actually got in there. It was, like, a guy who ended up dead. Um, point being, Norn Queens, also known as Splicer Beasts, are... The genetic puppeteers of the Tyranids, where basically mm -hmm. they're the guys that, or girls, what have you, that prototype the uh, bioforms and send out the alpha versions to test, and then when they're good and come back, begin full production. Okay. Interesting. They're so they gross. literally had uh, to get into the most danger. like, they literally had to go into the mouth, the beast. Yeah. Uh, also, there is apparently something called the Hydra effect within Tyranid fleets. Basically, when a Norn Queen is killed, all of the nearby hive ships start to create more Norn Queens. Oh. Which will in turn create more hive fleets. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Very interesting shit. Yeah, also very, very bad. Well, yeah, it's due to the fact that, well, all of a sudden, shit, we don't have the Baby Maker, uh... Make that all of them. Sounded worse when I said it out loud, but it's very literal here. Uh, we don't have the baby engineer around. Uh, we need as many baby engineers as possible on the off chance that only one makes it out. And because nids are nids, more than one usually makes it out, which then leads to a fermented problem. Mm. Yeah. It's a very effective evolutionary strategy, but shit, it's not a great one for us. Alright, let's do Doom of Malentai and then the Cordon. So Doom of Malentai mm -hmm. was a special zoanthrope, and zoanthropes are the weird, floaty, psychic tyranid creature. They're very cool looking. Imagine yeah. uh, a giant alien head on top of a... Well, okay, the best way to explain you know this is imagine a full-size xenomorph head on top of a chestburster, and then blow that up so that the chestburster part is nine feet long. That's what it looks like, basically. And with tiny spindly gross arms that you can make see it the look brains. like... It, yeah, it, yes. it looks like if you push it on its back, its claws just go... Like it can't get it up. actually use its phenomenal psychic power to levitate itself. Yeah. Because they're giant psychics. Ugh. Yep. And the the Doom of Malentai is given its name because it basically ate all of the psychic energy of the craft world Malentai, which is an Eldar craft world. Uh-oh. And Do we it explain craft worlds? Well, we will later. We will get, uh, we'll get into it. 
it's basically colony ships for Eldar. Go. That and also they have all of their souls inside the ship. I remind you, the Eldar get eaten by Slanesh when they die, so in order to avoid that, they have this thing called the Infinity Circuit where they put all their souls when they die. Sometimes you can pull a soul out of the Infinity Circuit to make things like Wraith Knights, but often they don't do that because that's the closest thing to eternal rest an Eldar can get. Continue. Right. And the Doom of Malentai got psychically stronger the more Eldar souls it ate. Uh-oh. And this fucker literally found the infinity circuit, cut the hose, and put its mouth against it. You mean it's proboscis? It's proboscis, yes. Yes, it's proboscis. <sighs> and then uh, it disappeared. No, where where is it? No one fucking knows. And we're very scared about that <laughs> because he got a big sp- brain. Like when you look at a picture of a zoanthrope, they got some brain on their head this one's got like quadruple the amount of brain on their head and literally is always lightninging shit because it's just holy fuck levels of uh zap man what if the doom of malentire went up against grey knights shit would be wild well interestingly the grey knights later found the wreckage of malentire in space uh many years later and they didn't find the doom anywhere. Yeah. I'm gonna assume the doom is going to probably accidentally somewhere, or maybe he just fucked off into the warp and is now eating Kromaga. Kromaga. Kromarag. He's eating Kromaga. Kromarag. I meant Kromarag. Alright, so, uh, let's talk about Cryptman's prevention of leviathan chemtrails so uh uh he he did two things one is something called cryptman census it's the first thing you do okay which was the weirdest game of telephone Uh uh-huh he had astropaths like so the imperium is think of it like a sphere right yeah because that's what it is in space just it's a very all around sphere, but, but a sphere. Right. Or it's a three-dimensional ellipse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had astropaths send messages all around the perimeter of of the ellipse, and basically tracked out the dead spots to know where Leviathan was. Like, oh no messages are coming from here that's where that's where it has to be mm-hmm. and then he used his uh very very quote unquote rationally used his power of exterminatus to create the cordon yeah so i was earlier wrong kraken didn't do the above and below galaxy part this it's, is leviathan, yeah, leviathan that does this uh-huh. on yep, top of that so, Leviathan starts coming in from the top and bottom, and that's when Kripman realizes, fuck. So, he does a thing he thinks is smart, and basically walls off everywhere that the Tyranids could get to. Yeah. Except you can't literally just put up a fucking fence, you have to basically make it so unappealing they leave. Except, these are creatures that eat anything biological. So you have to fix that problem. Well, 
So, first he did as much evacuation as he could be fucked to do on these planets, which was basically just the rich and powerful, and any Mechanicus. And then he did, uh, you know, everyone's favorite little button, little, little big red button that's on top of their giant <laughs> spaceships. Exterminatus! The Cryptoman Cordone is the single largest self-inflicted genocide that the Imperium of Man ever commits oh dear. up to this point in canon. Mm -hmm. He killed something like 30 fucking worlds? Maybe oh more? Dear. To basically create a line that the Tyranid fleet wouldn't cross because there was no reason to. Oh shit, yeah, because they wouldn't hop from planet to planet. Right. He just he created declared, a border. He was declared Carta Extremis, which was basically, you were, you're too fucking trigger happy. You're not an Inquisitor anymore. Because mm. we can't trust you. It should I assume be noted, he said fuck you. He did, but it should be noted that he wasn't killed. Carta Extremis is the, you're not a heretic or a radical worth killing, but for fuck's sake, dude, no more soup for you. Yeah, calm, calm down. Now, and uh, he then, uh, what he does next is the best thing ever. He goes ham. <laughs> uh, he, he, he does something called the Octarius War. Oh, okay. So, he has a lot of loyal allies within the Death Watch. He says, hey, go capture some gene stealers. They do. So they go to a space take hulk them. and grab them, put them in stasis. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take them to the Octavius system. Which is infected where by an, orcs. There's an orc empire. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have the Tyranids and orcs fight each Wait. other. This can't. This is going to work perfectly. <laughs> this can't go if, wrong. <laughs> what could go wrong? Always, Dacius? always sunny title Cardi. <laughs> it all goes fucking wrong. Uh, Cryptman, uh, basically, the Tyranids get to nom nom orc DNA and get bigger and stronger. Yeah, they literally the Nids. It works. They do go there, but the Nids uh, lose almost nothing, and the orcs in Octarius is. Uh, Basically eaten wholesale. Uh, completely wholesale. It should also be well, noted, and I don't know if we explicitly said this at any point, but yeah, we did briefly, but to remind you, the Tyranids are always beelining it for Terra. Because of the Astronomicon. Yeah, they want to suck on that good, good psychic juice. Yeah, they want to put their proboscis on the end of that tap. Um... I hate the words that I said. Um, point being, they're beelining it for Terra pretty much always, and this worked and managed to give everyone time to muster their forces, and now Terra in the long run is ready for it. But they also have just gotten a chance to eat almost an entire empire's worth of orcs. Uh, well, the orcs won. Air quote. Gasgull showed up, ended it, and took his orcs. Nice. Uh, or he's in the... No, he took it. And also, uh, 
the Eldar showed up there to try to put a stop to it because they had the foresight to know it's not smart. They're like, Krippin, what are you doing? And then an avatar of Cain got eaten. Oh, dear. Man, it's a good uh, thing avatars of Cain don't have genetics, mostly just psychics. Where's the Doom of Malentai? Uh, it's God, somewhere. I there were no zoanthropes, because fuck. A zoanthrope that knows how to make an avatar of an Eldar god. I'm into it. Uh, so, but it would be on Nitty. I'll talk. Nidogger? Yep. So, uh, this, cool. f- for the record, this is the end of the canon stuff of Tyranids that we're talking about. But John and myself are uh, horny for the proboscis of a bit of fan work that came out that is just a cool fucking idea and I think is a good example of shit we'd like to see from GW, but probably never will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also true. This is why fan codexes are a thing and still pretty cool. Go. Okay, so Nidhogger is what happens when tier- Nids get involved with lava. Uh-huh. Uh, Nidhogger is the name of the dragon that chews on the roots of Yggdrasil. Alright. And basically, Tyranids drop into the very crust of a planet. Mm-hmm. And the hive mind knows that, like with all of that heat, uh, the smaller bioforms can't really live. But the the larger ones do, and just get a really dope-ass obsidian magma aesthetic. And they all shoot fire and lava, and it's super cool. And they, uh, they have, in some of the writing that I've read, they develop the tactic of causing earthquakes... Interesting. Because they just live underground? Well, yeah, so what what supposedly happens is Nidhogger will launch mycetic spores on... Well, they don't travel on ships, they travel on meteors yeah. that then crash... They, they pull an orc. Yeah. They then crash into fault lines where they wait until a Nid fleet comes by. At which point they all wake up, and just their action of waking up varies from either the local area is fuckled, or the entire planet has a fucking continent break in half because suddenly millions of fucking creatures from the Black Lagoon that are also on fire are coming out of the ground and eating everything. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. Like, I just, I love so much this, uh, the lava aesthetic is so cool. And then that idea that, you know, Tyranids will adapt to whatever situation they're in. So cool. It's a pretty fucking neato. Uh, It's a, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, to just talk about like fan codexes in general real quick, because, you know, fans love this fucking game. And so Oftentimes, they'll do cool shit where they take the, uh... I'm trying to think the phrase... They'll take the lore and make the game actually obey the lore while still maintaining <laughs> some kind of balance. Um, which oftentimes... Try to. Yeah, which oftentimes, uh, they don't do. 
the the rules don't always follow that. Like for example, just something I like in this uh, the TG edition of the Codex Tyranids. Now this is for a couple of editions of Warhammer back, but cool nonetheless. Instead of instinctive behavior being just one thing when there's no synapse in range and the yeah. creatures are left to operate on their own, natively, now, in the real rules, they'll just run at shit and try to eat it. In this, there's actually three different options, because not all units would do that. That'd be dumb. A unit that has no fucking fighting ability sh should not go with their instinct to bite things. That'd be goofy. Their instinct should be to shoot things. Um, so they had three options. Lurk, which is run to cover, then shoot. Uh, hunt, shoot, and don't really move, just shoot. Uh, and feed, which is the old rule of run and eat the thing. Uh, but you can't shoot. Uh, and meanwhile, hunt cannot, the just shoot, cannot run and eat, and lurk, uh, will not start shooting until they have reached cover, and taken cover. Which, these are all cool things, and things I kinda wish were in the real rules, cause these are interesting ideas. I mean, for, for me, the greatest example of lore disconnecting with tabletop is space marines are the middle of the road unit on tabletop mm -hmm. in lore they're unstoppable killing machines yeah but in a lot of ways you need to have that disconnect even though it can be very very unsatisfying you it at the end of the day it's a game yes Yes. And game mechanics and balance need to take precedent. As much as I would love Space Marines to be a small army, they're a beginner army. So they're, they're very... It's very hard to fuck up with Space Marines. Yep. Yeah. Ah, well. Yeah, so, yeah. The, uh, that's the thing about all this fucking bullshit on the... Uh rules end of things and why we don't always talk about rules here because the lore is cooler uh rules are dumb <laughs> fuck the rules yeah a little bit uh but that's also why we have you know the rpgs versus the tabletop mm. war game because in the rpgs some not all oh, space marines yeah the they manage to get that feeling of unstoppable killing machine if you're higher than rank zero i just wanted a fucking shield uh, um, <laughs> no shield for you. No shield None. for me. <sighs> anyway, it's okay. Uh, I couldn't have like sixteen mechadendroid arms. <laughs> that I just wanted cowardice. to be Doc Ock. That's well, all so I wanted to be. That's the funny thing too. In later, uh, in some of the fan expansions for Death Watch, you you or a tech priest can totally have like fucking eighty mechadendrites. Yes. Like, you can just... If you've got the wreck, you can get fucking mechadendrites for days. Excellent. Uh, anyway. That, that's that's enough of that shit. We're, we hit that time. We talked yep. what we needed to do. This has been Tyranids. Nidnids. Uh, it was good. I love Tyranids a lot. Same. They're Same. a good antagonist. Uh, 
I always love the, um, like, bio evolution shit, like the Flood and Tyranids and Necromorphs and all that shit, so. Yeah. It's tasty. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, and on top of that, Nids are cool for being the, uh unknowable antagonist they're they're the eldritch abomination of the warhammer 40k galaxy and that's saying something in a galaxy full of eldritch abominations yeah you Uh, can't reason with them you can't talk with them you can only kill them yeah like uh chaos is the other side of that coin where it's a corrupting influence that is is an eldritch abomination but it has reason Tyranids have the most basic reason of consume. Yes. And then, you know, orcs are still, like, very much the antagonist of 40... An an antagonist, because, like, why would you root for the orcs? Like, they're funny, yes, but, like, they're still just, you know, mindless killing machines. Yeah, you can't get a sympathetic orc. Yeah. but Except for the purple ones. The purple ones are the most sympathetic. Truly. But, I mean, have you ever seen a purple? They're unknowable in plain sight. <laughs> anyway. So sad. Let's end the fucking episode. Uh, okay, hold on. I got I got a copy to read. Alright. <laughs> Burn through all your back issues of White Dwarf. Not sure when Dan Abnett is writing anything new. Get Wrecked is a podcast where Chris and Livy use the excuse of talking about pop culture. They like to giggle, rant, and say no words for half an hour or so. Join them for transatlantic fun and friendship every other Friday. It's at least as much fun as huffing chaos yellow undercoating. Available wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, relating to that, leans in. Hey, uh, those other Fridays when Get Wrecked isn't coming out, you can still have a podcast that still comes from Chris, but also me. Mobile Suit Fandom's back. Fucking, if you're not listening. Fucking dabs, dabs, dabs. Dab. Mobile Suit Fandom, dabs. Dab. John, John really has, is a big old hard on for that other podcast I make apparently uh, I don't know what you fucking want from me dude I love Gundam and I love you and Chris That's what do you want um, but yeah that that is currently on a bi-weekly schedule that's coming out for both of those uh, on the off weeks that mobile I mean that uh, fucking get wrecked isn't coming out on uh, yeah fucking if, if you somehow are a listener of this show that isn't listening to that one give it a shot fucking shit if though i i feel like that venn diagram is already pretty fucking circular so you know (laughs) nice all right uh remember to follow us on twitter at grimdorkspod email us grimdorkspod at gmail.com dear god please email us we want we want bits we want to answer email us questions email us questions so we can do another question answer episode presuming of course you guys didn't hate it which I don't think you did. I mean, also, also tweet us questions, even, and I'll just be like, I need to remember that, and I'll fucking text it to John or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so for everyone here at the Great Battle Barge, the Grimace Dorcas, I have been uh, Carnifex John. Uh, I have been uh, the Doom of Malantai Fuzzy. I've been old one eye breeding. Because I like the old one I. <laughs> now I have to imagine him as just one of them down holds. That. Uh, 
shit, down home southern boys, shit, fuck. I just, I, I pictured the swarm lord with Yosemite Sam's mustache. I say, I say, I say, I say, the nids are coming. Oh god, they're coming. Run away, I got my four swords. You can't run away from them. Is there an IV regiment that's just cowboys yet? It's human hunting season. Uh, Termagon season, Hormagon season, Termagon yeah. season, Hormagon season. Crittman and Swarmlord taking down multiple posters. Human season, Nid season, Human season, Nid season. <laughs> oh god. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs>